This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. Uncle Remus by Joel Chandler Harris. Volume 4 His Sayings. Saying number 13 His Practical View of Things. Brer Remus, is you hearin' tell of dese doin's out yer in the other end of town? asked a colored deacon of the church the other day. What doin's is dat, Brer Ab? Dese yer signs and wonders where dat colored lady died day fo' yesterday. Mighty queer goin's on out there, Brer Remus. Shows you born. Spirits? inquired Uncle Remus sententiously. Wasn't dat, Brer Remus? Some say the judgment day ain't fur off, and the folks is flockin' round the house a hollerin' and a shoutin' just like they was in the revival. In the window glass there you can see the flags a flyin', and Jacob's ladders there, and there's writin' on the pane what no man can read, leastways there ain't none can read it yet. What kind of racket is this you give me now, Brer Ab? I done been there, Brer Remus. I done seed with both my eyes. Colored lady what was in trance done woke up and say they ain't much time for to tarry. She says she meet a angel in the road, and he pointed straight for the morning star and tell her for to prepare. It looked mighty curious, Brer Remus. Come down to that, Brer Ab, said Uncle Remus, wiping his spectacles carefully and readjusting them come down to dat, and de ain't nothin' dat ain't curious. I ain't no suspicious nigger myself, but I despises for to hear dogs a-howlin', and squinch owls havin' to agur out in de woods, and when a bull goes a-bellerin' by de house, den my bones get cold, and my flesh commences for to creep. But when it comes to these yer signs in de air, and these yer spirits in de woods, den I'm out." and I'm done. I is for a fact. I've been livin' yer more'n seventy year, and I yer talk a nigger seein' ghosts all times a night and all times a day, but I ain't never seed none yet, and these yer flags and Jacob lathers, I ain't seen dem neither. They are there, Brer Remus. It's just like I tell you, Brer Ab, I ain't sputin' about it, but I ain't seen em and I don't take no chances these days on dat what I don't see, and dat what I sees I got to examine mighty close. Let me tell you dis, Brer Ab. Don't you let these signs on settle you. With old man Gabriel toot his horn, he ain't going to hang no sign out in the window panes, and when old father Jacob lets down dat ladder of his'ns, you'll be mighty apt for to hit a racket. And don't you bother with judgment day. Judgment day's liable for to take care of itself. That's so, Brer Remus. It's bleeds to be so, Brer Ab. It don't bother me. It's done got so that now, when I got a pone of bread, and a rasher of bacon, and enough grease for to make gravy, I ain't carin' much whether folks sees ghosts or no. End of saying. Saying 14. That Deceitful Jug Uncle Remus was in a good mood one evening recently when he dropped casually into the editorial room of 
the Constitution, as has been his custom for the past year or two. He had a bag slung across his shoulder, and in the bag was a jug. The presence of this humble but useful vessel in Uncle Remus's bag was made the occasion for several suggestive jokes at his expense by the members of the staff, but the old man's good humor was proof against all insinuations. "'Dat air jug's been to war, man. It's one of these your old-timers. I got dat jug down there in Putman County when Mars Lysha Ferryman was a young man, and now he's done growed up, and got old and died, and his chillins is growed up, and they can count their grandchillins, and yet there's dat jug just as lively and as liable for the kick-up devilment as what she was when she come from the foundry.' "'That's the trouble,' said one of the young men. "'That's the reason we'd like to know what's in it now.' "'Now you're getting on marshy ground,' replied Uncle Remus. "'That's the point. That's what make me say what it does. I've been knowing that jug now gwine on sixty-five year, and the jug what's more deceitful than that jug ain't on the top side of the world. There she sits.' continued the old man, gazing at it reflectively. There she sets just as natural as amber type. And yet where's the man what can tell what kind of confab she's a-gwine to carry on when dat corn-cob is snatched out of her mouth? Dat jug is mighty deceitful, man. Well, it doesn't deceive any of us up here, remarked the agricultural editor dryly. We've seen jugs before. I bound you is, boss, I bound you is, but you ain't seed no deceitful jug like dat. There she sits a-bellying out and looking mighty fat and full, and yet she'd set there a-bellying out if there wasn't nothing but water under dat stopper. You knows that she ain't got no eggs in her, no no bacon, no no grits, ner no tomatoeses, ner no shellets, and dat's about all you does know. "'Dog my cats, if the deceitfulness of that jug don't get away with me,' continued Uncle Remus with a chuckle. "'I was coming across the bridge just now, and Brer John Henry seed me with the bag slug on to my back, and the jug in it. And he ups and says, says he, "'Hey, yo, Brer Remus, ain't it getting late for water millions?' <laughs> "'It was the deceitfulness of that jug.' If Brer John Henry knowed the color of dat water-million, I spec he'd snatch me up for the conference. I declare to gracious it, dat jug ain't a caution. <laughs> I suppose it's full of molasses now, remarked one of the young men, sarcastically. Hear dat? exclaimed Uncle Remus triumphantly. Hear dat? What I tell you? I said dat jug was deceitful, and I sticks to it. I've been knowing dat... "'What has it got in it?' broke in someone. "'Molasses, kerosene, or train oil?' "'Well, I lay she's loaded, boss. "'I ain't shook up since I dropped in, but I lay she's loaded.' "'Yes,' said the agricultural editor. "'And it's the meanest bug-juice in town, regular sorghum skimmings.' "'That's neither here nor there,' responded Uncle Remus. Poor folks better be fixin' up for Christmas now while rations is cheap. That's me. When I hear Miss Sally goin' bout the house whistlin', when I can read my titles clear, 
and when I see de Martins swarmin' after sundown, and when I hear de Peckerwoods confabbin' together these moonshiny nights in my end of town, and I knows the hot wetters are breakin' up, and I knows it's about time for poor folks for to be rasslin' round and huntin' up their rations. That's me up and down. Well, we are satisfied. Better go and hire a hall, remarked the sporting editor with a yawn. If you are engaged in a talking match, you have won the money. Blanket him, somebody, and take him to the stable. And what's more, continued the old man, scorning to notice the insinuation, though I hear Miss Sally whistling, and de Peckerwoods a chattering, I ain't seein' none of these yer loafin' niggers fixin' up for to migrate. They can holler Kansas all round the neighborhood, but seppin' a man come along and spell it with greenbacks, he don't catch none of these yer town niggers. You hear me? They ain't goin'. Stand him up on the table, said the sporting editor. Give him room. Better go down here to the calaboose and get some news for the print, said Uncle Remus with a touch of irony in his tone. Some new nigger might have broke into jail. You say the darkies are not going to emigrate this year? inquired the agricultural editor, who is interested in these things. Shoo, that day ain't. I done seed and I knows. Well, how do you know? How you tell when crow gwine to light? Niggers been promenading by my house all this summer holdin' their heads up high, and the whites of their eyeballs shining in the sun. They was too biggity for to look over the garden palms. Long bout den the weather was fetchin' the natural spirits of turkentime out of the pine trees, and the ground was fairly smokin' with the hotness. Now that it's gettin' sort of airish in the mornings, they don't peer like the same niggers. They done got so they'll look over in the yard, and next news you know they'll be trying for to scrape up acquaintance with the dog. When de passes now they looks at the chicken coop and at the tater patch. When you see niggers getting dat familiar, you can depend on their camping with you to balance of the season. Day fore yesterday I caught one of em looking over my fence at my shoats, and I says, says I, Does you want to purchase dem hogs? Oh no, says he. I was looking at the points. Well, they ain't pointin' your way, says I, and furthermore, if you don't bother longer them hogs, they ain't going to climb out of that pen and attack you neither, says I. And I bound, continued Uncle Remus, driving the corn-cob stopper a little tighter in his deceitful jug, and gathering up his bag, and I bound it my old musket'll go off tween me and dat same nigger yet and he'll be at the bad end, and this deceitful jug will fuse for to go to the funeral. End of saying. Saying 15. The Florida Watermelon Look here, boy, said Uncle Remus yesterday, stopping near the railroad crossing on Whitehall Street and gazing ferociously at a small colored youth. Look here, boy. I'll lay you out flat if you come flinging your watermillion rhymes under my foot. You watch if I don't. You can play your pranks on these here white folks, but when you come a-cutting up your capers round me, you'll land right in the middle of a spell of sickness. Now you mind what I tell you, and I ain't gwine for to put up with none of your sassiness neither. 
let alone flickin' watermillion rhymes where I can get mixed up with em. I done had enough watermillions yesterday and the day before. How was that, Uncle Remus? asked a gentleman standing near. It was sort of like this, boss. Last Tuesday, Mars John, he fotch home two of these year Florida watermillions, and him and Miss Sally sot down for to eat em. Mars John and Miss Sally ain't got nothin' that's too good for me, and the first news I knowed Miss Sally was a hollerin' for Remus. I done smelt the watermillion on de air, but I ain't got no better sense than for to go when I years white folks a hollerin'. I learnt dat when I want so high. Leastways, I galloped up to the back porch, and there sot the watermillions just as natural as if they'd been raised on de old spivey place in Putman County. Then Miss Sally, she cut me off a slash, one of these yer ungodly slashes, big as your hat, and I sot down on the steps and wrapped myself round the whole blessed chunk, exceptin' the rhyme. Uncle Remus paused and laid his hand upon his stomach as if feeling for something. "'Well, old man, what then?' "'That's what I'm a-gettin' at, boss,' said Uncle Remus, smiling a feeble smile. "'I sauntered round about a half-hour, and then I began for to feel sort of squeamish, sort of like I'd done been and swallowed about four pounds off of the rough end of the scantlin'. Looked like to me that I was going to be sick, and then it looked like I wasn't. By and by, a little pain showed his head, and sort of meandered round like he was looking for a good place for to catch holt. And then a great big pain jump up and take after the little one, and chase him round and round. And he must caught him, cause by and by the big pain retched down and grabbed his left leg, and haul him up. And then he wretched down and grabbed the other one and pulled him up. And then the wall begun, sure enough. For mighty nigh near four hours they kept up that racket. And just as soon as little pain had jump up, the big one would light under it and gobble it up. And then the big one would go sailing round hunting for more. <sighs> Some folks is mighty curious, though. Next morning I hear Miss Sally a laughing and singing and a whistling. Just like there weren't no water means raised in Florida. But somebody better pen this year nigger boy up when I'm on the town, I can tell you dat. End of saying.